0: Go ahead, Jaime. So, Rick, um, dude, thanks for being here. Did you know I talked to Jessica Light today?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah what's going on with her? <laughs> I did. What was that?
1: What's going on with her?
0: Oh man, she's an amazing as always. Um, so, Jessica is who introduced Rick and I back in the day. Um, yeah. So it's fun to have that go full circle. I actually, uh, I didn't know that we that I was hosting you today. I was really excited. I was. All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live. With Jackson Callum, I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests, guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. If you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros, and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. What's up and welcome to Vision Pros. This is Jackson, founder of First Class Business, Able Health, CEO of PodBook, and we're really excited to bring in another amazing guest on today. So one of the things I just revealed was that I uh, I, I didn't know Rick was my guest today. There's kind of a, a nuance I need to mention with that. I have an extremely weird short-term memory loop. So we knew this yesterday. Rick and I talked the day before yesterday too, I believe, if not yesterday. And I've been meeting with a lot of, of guests that I tend to talk to on a regular basis. But My short-term memory is kind of like absent-mindedness. So here I was talking to the person who introduced Rick to me originally, Jessica Light. Um, It's our first time catching up in years, and uh, when we were in the middle of talking, I had I hadn't realized that Rick was going to be my guest an hour after. So I didn't mention that to her. She's like, "How is Rick? How are things?" I was like, "It's great." Like you know, I don't know what I'm going to talk to him next. Well, we're bringing him onto the show. So without further ado, Rick Meekins, founder of Epiphany, and Converge Marketing, two different companies. Welcome to the show, man. I'm super happy to have you
1: here. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks uh, for having me, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, Rick has become seriously a brother from another mother to me um, You know, over the last several years, uh, our relationship, the depth of our relationship, which was built first with that introduction regarding business. But here we go talking about business for about, I don't know, 20 seconds, maybe. Um, and next thing you know, we ended up talking for four hours about the responsibilities of fatherhood, of marriage, of being there for your spouse. We had a four hour conversation about life and what matters most. And it, you know, I remember I was, I was at the driving range and I realized pretty soon into that talk that I needed to just lay down on the grass. Um, you know, have this conversation, there's no way I was going to golf while having it. So dude, thanks for that moment. Thanks for being who you are. What, what? What do you remember about that?
1: That it was, you uh, know, it, it's it's funny because it was it was kind of hot that day. When I was sitting, I was I was sitting by the pool. I wasn't sitting like in the pool where it was like nice and comfortable. I was sitting like in my car, like outside the pool. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just talking <laughs> away and talking away. I'm like, man, I don't even have conversations this long. What am I doing? But it was uh, it was a great conversation. I, I really, uh, I just, I just enjoy. You know what I enjoy about you is is like your your spirit. You know, it's it's. Mm-hmm that, that um, the way that you draw people in and you're interested and you ask the questions and that sort of thing which, which was awesome and so that was cool man i I really enjoyed that conversation and you know the many many conversations after
0: that absolutely man it was it was a great start it was certainly obvious how special the relationship could be and and for those of you listening you visionaries out there if, if you know if you're a visionary you're going to have so many opportunities in life that's not even funny. All right. Opportunities are a dime a dozen. Ideas are a bit of a dime a dozen too. If you have that like nature, my greatest counsel to you is look for what I call the golden window of truth. The golden window window of opportunity. The golden window of opportunity is what you want to look for because again, there's so many windows and doors that will open for you that it's very important to be patient with realizing which doors are the right ones. And so Rick and I recognized that as we got talking, like, you know, maybe there's some opportunities to work together, but it just, it didn't have that feeling of like certainty. So we did some consulting together on a few projects in the beginning. Um, We talked about different campaigns. What do you remember about that?
1: Man, it was, it was, it was was interesting. It, there were, there were great ideas. I think that, you know, as as you just said, I mean, I, I don't think the the timing wasn't right there you know i knew something could i felt like something could come of it i felt like there was just you know there was opportunity but looking at it from an alignment at that particular time it was like it just wouldn't i i just i just didn't i i guess i just wasn't ready for it you know um and, and i think that that was a good thing because i think that if we had tried to force it it might it might crash and burn but it you know it might have hurt our relationship as well you know and, I, and right. you know, that certainly isn't worth it
0: well and it was mutual too um and i remember we were, we were looking at epiphany um evaluating what was what what the brand potential was how you were winning in the market as a small business consultant you were dominating the google search rankings as well regarding to that which is fascinating to me and so we both we both knew that you know and and that's usually how healthy relationships unfold. It's not a matter of forcing the fit as much as a matter of like, just let's just give this space and time. Let's keep being virtuous, provided the world, what we can, and, you know, maybe something comes of this. And I would say it's, it's amazing to see the, the things that, that have transpired. Um, so as a, as a small business consultant also, you know, eight, 18 years now for epiphany and then the Converge marketing company opening and branching out two years ago as well that you have. Um, one, of the, one of the interesting full circle events that occurred was um, as I went through my second divorce um, and started to come back into the world of consulting, I saw that one of my students, Ashley DiMoque um, had launched Publishing.com, which we had initially conceived um, together, like the idea of doing it, or she she brought that to my attention. We were going to launch it. And now she was working with you and you were building the website. And I was like, whoa, like small world, um, you know, that we, yes, we have some c- control in and, and meeting people, but it was such a really cool experience because for me, there was a moment of of harmony where dissonance could have existed. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I could have felt like, oh, that's not fair. They, they went and did this without me. I mm-hmm. um, I could have felt like, you know, wow, like way to way to stab me in the back, guys. I see these things happen in business. I don't bring it up from my perspective. I bring it up from the movies. I bring it up from what we see happen in life. But once again, it was just this like, huh, things are serendipitously aligning in different ways, converging, so to speak, pun intended. Um, so it, it, it's and we've had we've had several overlapping interactions like that over the last several years that have led us to an opportunity to think. You know what? Is this breaking our relationship, or is this creating a bond, man? And and like, I can't wait for us to get together in person. I can't believe that hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, but not quite.
0: <laughs> That's right. It, it was really close, right? With the with the book retreat. So, yep. um, anyway, diving in for this audience. Um, you know, we're we're gonna talk about your vision. We're gonna talk about entrepreneurs and and what they may need. Um, we're gonna talk about your goal to help people find work. You've got a goal by 2035 to create 1 million jobs. And I think that's a huge, amazing vision. So um, tell me more about that vision now that they know what it is. um, And that's, that's one of the visions. We got other visions to probably talk about, but this one really intrigues me creating 1 million jobs. Where'd that come from? What are you doing? What do we need to learn about this to help you out with it? For sure.
1: For sure. I mean, the the big, the big deal, you know, for me is, uh, when I started the company, uh, you know, 18 years ago, you know, one of the deals, one of the reasons I started the company was because I saw a lot of entrepreneurs that were talented or had a great product or service or whatever, um, but they didn't know how to scale their business. And so what that means to me is that they couldn't build a business that could operate without them. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, work in your business, not on your business, be the CEO, not the bottle washer, et cetera, et cetera. And so, while that sounds good like in you know in conversation it was something very personal to me um and it really goes all the way back to my childhood you know i went to i uh i don't know how old i was uh, but i was very very young i went to pacific guard mission in chicago and um you know it was a homeless shelter i had no idea at the time it was but uh, Mm -hmm. it was a homeless shelter and you know you see these people and and you know they are trying to survive you know what i mean and I found this, I found like over the years, I was always drawn back to homeless shelters and places like that, not-for-profit organizations to just to help to be like those boots on the ground. And I think that that kind of shaped my thinking. I wanna help people become independent. And so, you know, looking back to my toolbox, it's like, okay, I'm a consultant, I build companies. You know what, if I can help people either make their own companies sustainable, employee. Um, help them create jobs or create jobs on my own, you know, then I'm helping people to come, become sustainable. I needed to have a big, hairy, audacious goal, if I may borrow that. Um, I needed a goal that was that was going to really drive me, really drive my team. I didn't want to say I want to create a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, I want to create a million jobs. I really and truly want to do that. It didn't need, it needed to be something that's big, that makes us work hard for it. It means it needs to inspire other people. So that's where, that's where that vision comes from.
0: So I wanna, I wanna ask if I may, um, when you said you ended up at, you know, in that homeless shelter, were were you in the homeless shelter? um, Or were you doing a project to help the homeless shelter? Do you mind telling a little bit more about that story?
1: Sure. I was, I was just working there. I was working there as a cook. so i was um what was i doing i think what i think i had had another job i had a regular job but then i would go to the homeless shelter this was uh the allentown mission up in um allentown pennsylvania um and i would go in there I would cook i would cook breakfast uh, and i had you know i had another job as, as a uh i think it was a restaurant manager at the time Um, but that was, you know, that's what I was passionate about and and I've done that, you know, or involved myself one way or another and other not for profits as well. All right. So
0: how did you find that passion? What, what, what drove you to want to do that?
1: Uh, it really, again, I mean, it really came back from, from my childhood. I don't know where that came from, you know, initially. Um, but when I was thinking about what I wanted to, the impact that I would like to make on the world you know what would make me an important asset to the world if you will uh i just went back and was mm-hmm. like okay what are these things that you know were um you know that stick out to me in my mind what are the things that bother me what what are the things that i'm passionate about and going all the way back you know i hit you know that that one uh homeless shelter i'm just like wow wow and then just going forward and just seeing the patterns throughout my life when i came here to atlanta uh back in well, I got here in 2003, I think in 2005, uh, I started doing some work for uh, community consulting teams, which is a uh, which is pro bono consulting for not for profit organizations. And I did that for like seven years, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm doing that through uh, the 2008 crisis. I'm doing that through getting my master's degree, et cetera, et cetera, because, again, it was something, you know, helping these people that I guess couldn't help me in a way or helping them accomplish their goals or helping them help other people become sustainable i mean it was really it's really a really good passion for me it's Really been something awesome. that uh, is just you know i could do that and not get paid for the rest of my life yep i hear you on that that's awesome
0: man so let's talk about the uh creating one million jobs a little bit further what does that look like um you know and and i know there's probably lots of questions to be answered just like it is in the case of any visionary, right? You don't always have the full path. But um, what does that mean? Um, what how do you measure that? Um, you know, we, we masterminded about this a little bit last week. Um, so let's just talk about that further. I'll let you
1: lead. So some of that's about planting seeds, you know, yes. some of that is just in investing in companies when when they have need. You know, working with a I'm working with a, uh, working with a, a young uh, tech company. But I think it's gonna do some great uh, they're gonna do great work you know um, and I think that you know over the next you know 10 or so years I mean they'll hire you know 50,000 people you know if they're if they're on the track that I think that they're going to go on you know so that would be one example doing that over and yeah. over again you know that's that starts that process that's kind of um, that's kind of where that starts but a lot of our targets are really uh, growth stage companies so we're looking at companies that are, you know three four five years old and they're like hey you know what i want to go i want to grow you know and so this you can say this adds, adds to our headcount. each time we pick up a new client we help them you know whether it's you know, typically it's going to be streamlining their operations or helping them expand their operations or you know doing their marketing for them you know it certainly helps yeah. now on the back end of things you know we often we have to you know hire our own team and sometimes we're hiring people you know, it could be anywhere in the world. You know, just depending on what the need is and where the, where the talent is going to be. And so we'll certainly continue to do that. The third component, I don't, I don't think we really talked about a lot, but one of the things, one of the other things that I would like to do at some point is uh, I want to teach, you know, and in teaching people entrepreneurial thought and teaching people how to think like an entrepreneur, how to think, how to lead like an entrepreneur, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position where these people can also go out and create businesses and create jobs. So we're looking at it from you know multiple perspectives, but having very clear steps, you know, in order to in order to accomplish the goals.
0: I love it. OK, so we definitely are. I'm excited to learn about the teaching aspect as the years go by. Uh, months go by, weeks go by. I know we'll be exploring that more. Um and one of the things that you said struck me, and I think this is important for everybody listening to this right now, you could say that Rick's work, right, of of helping these startups, leads to um, jobs created, and you could say that it doesn't. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Don't be that gal. Be that we girl. have enough people <laughs> like that in the world. Those people are miserable. Um, You know, I just want to point that out. Like, you know, if if you have a tendency to take things away from people, like take credit away, don't. Like you're just causing more hurt, harm and problems in the world. But yes, Rick, you're 1000% correct. As you help stabilize any companies you're working with and you provide to their dream or vision, I'm really glad that you get to see the ripple effect of what occurs. And the ripple effect is not just a physical reality. It's also spiritual. But if I put my finger in my pool, right? And those ripples that go out, it is a cause and effect to the okay. fact that I touched the water, right? So we, we have this amazing opportunity to create ripple effects in life. And that's what I see you doing. So I'm looking forward to, uh, and one of the other things I know is, you, you know, your vision on that's going to expand. And at the same time, I get it. Some people are like, well, then technically, you know, you can say, well, if you just said hi to that person, you made them feel good, then you just made billions of people. Um, you know, happy because a ripple effect never stops. Like you could say that. Um, and who am I to judge the fact that you, you see it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. When, when we leverage our visions to justify plain small, right. Then, then we might get into a challenging situation where we're just saying, oh, you know what? Um, well, I, I made my teacher happy, so I don't have to do my homework, mom. Um, you know, because all that really matters is happiness, right? That's plain small. Right. That's that's leveraging and manipulating the reality to justify being lazy um, right it's taking time off. That's that's not what visionaries do. Visionaries yeah. do the opposite. They have a vision that inspires them to give their best and do their best. And I see that in you every single day. But every visionary is listening to this. If you have people who are in your life telling you, you know, no, that you're not really making that effect or that's really not that important or, you know, you really shouldn't be going after this. All these negative Neds and negative Nancys that exist in the world find a way to politely ignore them that's my advice find a way to politely get them out of your head and focus on finding friends people who will help support your cause and help you move forward goodness in this world rick i'll let you take the mic for me on that I, i'm getting off my soapbox but that, that's it like i love what your vision is go ahead
1: oh man i i, I agree 100 you know it's, it's it's like uh you know great thanks for sharing uh your your Thoughts, your humble thoughts, your well thought out thoughts, but I'm gonna be over here doing it. Okay, (laughs) I mean that's you know that's 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 where we live. That's where we live. You know, Um, it's interesting uh, looking at this. You know, from the you know you could say from from the bottom of the mountain. You know, Mm -hmm. and it it is you know it could be considered intimidating. It could be something where you know someone would say you know like I said it, it looks like a pie in the sky, but. I believe that with the concerted effort, you know, and my expectation is that, you know, and I mentioned to you, I think I mentioned to you before, my expectation is that, you know, once we really get into doing what we do down this particular path, I expect that we'll have a bit of a snowball effect because we're not just able to leverage our own learnings, you know, as we go through this process, but we should be able to, um I guess help more companies by bringing more companies or bring more individuals into our companies that are going to help uh push that vision forward it's just not a um it's not a one-man show it's not just you know me you know hey I'm doing consulting I'm doing this I'm doing that And I'm going to create a million jobs hey I'm going to create a platform you know for people to assist people to buy into this vision and push it forward. And I think as an as an entrepreneur, I mean, that's really what as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur and a leader, you know, that's really uh, our real great mission. You know, it's, it's not yeah. just to build this thing. It's not just to take it to market, but it's to create a vision and get other people to follow us. You know, it's like how many, you know, how many people Huge can do every single thing in their business or want to do every th- single thing in their business. You know, one of the things I've learned over the past few years is, um, you know, and, and you talk about it a lot, Timothy Morgan has talked about it a lot, is, is the superpower thing. It's like, where do I need to be, you know, in this company? I can't be all things to everyone, you know? Um, but by being able to take my st- strategic mind and say, okay, this is a problem. How do I solve this problem? I'm able to create that roadmap. I'm able to be, you know, somewhat confident in how to move forward. I'm able able to create, you know, steps that I can bring other people into, to help move that vision forward.
0: Absolutely. So to circle back a little bit or continue to build on this cycle, these, we want to talk about the vision or rather the advice that you'd give to entrepreneurs and to employees um or or people who want to be employees people who are seeking jobs um we brought up timothy morgan a little bit so i'm just gonna give him a quick shout out and uh throw this on the screen oh wrong one there we go um you know he's a he's a phenomenal networker um i don't remember who introduced who to who and how all that came down do you
1: remember like that, that was you home? man You said hey you should meet this guy and it's like
0: yeah oh man yeah, he's awesome um he's a, he's a great visionary leader who's also helping to uh, create jobs and and so if you if you don't know them and you're in the networking space you definitely want to talk to them definitely. now one of the things you said that you want to teach how, how to think like an entrepreneur right how to act like yeah. an entrepreneur and all those things and and I agree that's a that's an important skill set that needs to be out there now if you're again if you're on the, the hunt for job opportunities or you're wanting to expand your own skill set one of the things that a lot of the people listening right now are coaches right and they're or they want to get into life coaching or career coaching or something like that. And one of the one of the negative concepts that's going around as well, there's already too many coaches out there. There's enough coaches. Right. Oh, my gosh. Not another ad for another coach. Uh, Well, I remember in the 2000s, there was this commercial I saw um, and I was in either the end of my high school careers or I was in the beginning of college or my career. And and this commercial, you know, the the dad, this little boy says, Dad, I want to be a teacher when i grow up um you know and his dad's disappointed you know his dad tells him you know son you know like why don't why don't you be a doctor you know why why don't i you want to be a doctor a lawyer you know he's going for all like the wealth-minded right the wealth-minded this is what we used to brainwash kids to believe um and you know the, the kid goes i want to be a teacher because i want to inspire kids to become doctors and lawyers and all that. I want. I want to create yeah. more of them. His his dad like takes this like humble, heartfelt moment of like, okay, cool, my kid's amazing, um, you know, and it appreciates the vision now. And I remember thinking like, man, that kid's awesome. I want to be that kid. I, remember, right. I,
1: was, I, want, <laughs>
0: I was like, you're right. I don't want to be the doctor. I want to be the person who helps doctors succeed. Um, and so if we do get a unique opportunity. But if you were to think about the world and say, you know what, do we truly need more elementary teachers? You know, in the world. The answer is usually a resounding yes. Everybody says absolutely, right? Do we need better teachers and education systems? Are resounding. Yes. So the same is true for the coaching world. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there. So, what advice would you give to job seekers today? Um, should everybody be an entrepreneur, or is there room for also seeking jobs? Um, and what what things should they gravitate towards to help them make their decisions about what they do in this? Uh, economic collapse if you will um, you know that some people are facing or they're in other parts of the world how do they position themselves for the best opportunities um, let's just talk about that where or we can give whoever's listening to this particular segment some real feedback real advice what they should take notes on
1: yeah yeah wow that's 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 a really great question um, you know I, I um, you yeah, know I, I hire a lot of people um, over the t- over the years and you know I find that um using I I often look at uh, people's personality, personality, um, you know, you know, conversationally, but also look at their personality, um, you know, personality tests. I look at how um I guess aggressive uh they are in terms of um you know, making sure that the communication lines don't uh, don't break down. So I guess the last person I hired, she um Uh, She's our office manager, uh, you know, really wonderful person, uh, very well-spoken, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Interesting thing about her is she wasn't the most experienced person um, that applied for the job. Um, She may not even had the widest skill set of all the people, but I saw in her characteristics that made me very confident that I could train her and make her into the person that we need for the company, but at the same time, she had a strong enough foundation and work ethic where i was confident that she wouldn't get bored you know very quickly and you know she's been with us for about a week now a week week and a half now and, and she's already creating that creating that value so i would say if you're out looking for a job i would say first and foremost you know understand where you are you know i look at myself for example and i say okay um could i go into a company could i go into a corporation and work there it's Like. Probably not. That's probably not going to be a good environment for me um, because, you know, I really need the change. I like the autonomy, you know, of, of my work. Um, I don't like a lot of drama, um, mm-hmm. if you will. And, and you know, I, I am um, I'm very driven, you know, I, I, I found there was a there was a short stint where, where I did work and I, I found I was like anxious, you know, in the car you know, um, getting, you know, tuned and from work, because I'm like, what else could I be doing? What else could I be doing? What else could I be doing? Now, there are other people, um, and there's nothing wrong with these roles. But I mean, there are other people that prefer to say, hey, you know what, I need to be on a team, I want to be part of a team. And, you know, that have that team move forward to do something, you know, and, and I think that that is very important as well. I know that we couldn't get where we are as a company if there weren't a lot of people like that you know if there weren't a lot of people that said hey you know what i want to be part of a part of a bigger story i want to be a part of a Mm. bigger vision i want to accomplish something now the trouble personally that uh personally the, the the trouble that i run into is where i'm looking at people that don't really they just want a job if you will you know they're just coming and saying hey you know what um, i want to get a paycheck every couple of weeks i'm going to do you know the bare minimum you know whatever you tell me to do and then you're going to pay and those types of people they tend not to last in our company because they tend not to have that passion for doing what doing the level of work that we do you know sometimes it's like hey you know we need to pull a rabbit out of a hat you know who's going to be who's, who's going to get on board who's going to be the person that's going to pick up the phone or step on the stage and, and make that happen and you know, with without without with people like that on the team, it's almost like carrying an anchor. So I would say to people that are looking for jobs, I mean, it's like, you've got you've got to make yourself um, indispensable. You know, you've got to be committed, you know, to the vision of the company that you're working for. The people, you know, some of the other people I interviewed well, they would say, hey, you know what, I'd love the vision for your company because that's something that we put out there. You know, we let people know where we're going. Uh, and that, again, is, is inspiring for me. So, and I think one of the big things, one of the gaps that I saw in a lot of people's resumes, they didn't really, they, the, I, th- I think that the accomplishments that they listed on their resumes were very transactional. You know, they had things such as I work hard, I'm a team player and stuff like that. And I'm just like, okay, give me something more. You know, what have you done? How have you moved? an organization or a department or even yourself forward. How have you made yourself indispensable, you know, to the person, to to your previous employer? And if I couldn't see that on a resume, I was just, I simply passed it by. There were 300 and, 300 and some applicants to to the uh, to the last role that we filled and I think five people got interviewed. You know, and those five people mm-hmm. were, you know, they were great. And the person that got hired was outstanding.
0: That's amazing. And that's, that's supply and demand, right? So advice to, uh, people seeking jobs out there. The great news is there's abundance of, there's an abundance of companies that are struggling so badly that you can walk into a restaurant right now and get hired almost on the spot. Um, you know, you can walk into a lot of companies and get hired right on the spot. And to Rick's point, some of the better companies, some of the companies that have much harder qualification processes, there's always going to be a great demand for work in those companies. Um, you know, you don't get hired at Google by chance. You know, you don't get hired at Harvard by chance. They don't put them in a, in a themselves in a weak position of need. Um, right. They take care of their people. They take care of their customers. They diversify their brands and their businesses. And so, um, you know, you brought up as well how we feel in the different environments that we're in. And one of the virtues that you brought up that I've kind of overlooked, but now appreciate better is you're right. We would not have StreamYard, for instance, if the the system we're using to broadcast on this, if there weren't people who wanted to be employees to build the dream of that visionary. Right, we wouldn't have our own companies as entrepreneurs, you know, if we didn't have people who also believed in and supported our dream and the expansion of what we want to expand. Uh, we wouldn't have our providers like Slack. Um, you know, probably has a couple hundred employees, is my guess, maybe more. Um, you know, my bank wouldn't operate without the people who want to be part of that culture. And just because somebody's more risk risk adverse or risk oriented, willing to willing to take risks on than somebody else. Doesn't make the people better than each other. They're just different, in how they do things. And if we learn to appreciate that, then uh, you know those differences can work together in harmony to build amazing things. So let's shift gears on that. Going back to these uh, entrepreneurs, and I, this is huge, Rick. You have amazing insight. You know, as somebody who's hiring, and I've I've hired at a lot of companies too. Um, the pitfalls, right? Most entrepreneurs only interview. One to two applicants out of one to two applicants. Um, you know, they might have three to five, you know, they might have 10, they might be smart and work with a recruiting firm um, that has a, a, a better system for that. But I see so many people, you know, put out a, a job ad or they just talk to a friend and they hire a friend of a friend, mm-hmm. and there's ultimately no due diligence in the process. Hint, hint anybody who's listening with was ears, let you hear, you know, but what advice uh, would you give to entrepreneurs? How do you get 300 applications for those positions? And yeah, let's teach some entrepreneurs. How do you go about attracting and bringing great people in to your organization?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, that's, that's great. Um, Interesting. We've, we've been hiring for this position, since January. Um looking for looking for a solid person since January. Mm. Uh so what we initially did is we use um we used a uh what do you call it a uh an application management system and the and the application management system allowed us to push out the job orders to a number of different uh boards. Uh so there were I think about uh, 10 or 15 boards uh I think it was about ten or fifteen boards that uh, we we're going to push the job out to. I mean, let me let me back up. When that.
0: you say uh, the application software, is you're talking about uh, Monster, Indeed, uh, you know, Up Upwork, Fiverr, places like that where you can find a workforce.
1: Uh, well, we use a tool called a Zoho Recruit. Zoho Recruit, okay. um, we push uh, push. I wasn't going to
0: make you reveal that, but I appreciate <laughs> you sharing <laughs> it with everybody.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's it's all good. It's, we're we we're, we're Zoho we're Zoho team. We we have uh, used lots of Zoho. We support lots of companies uh, with their Zoho um, with their Zoho needs. Um, but uh, it starts with a good job description, though you know. And I, I re- and I and I bring that up because I remember I was uh, working with a company. I was looking at you know. I said, can you send me your job descriptions? And you know, it was kind of just a list of you know, things that different people did. And I said, is this what you're using to recruit? And he was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we use. Um, our job description talks about, you know, our company, who we are and what our vision is and where we're going. And then we have a, you know, very specific list of things or capabilities that we need from someone. And we have a list of education, that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's not, yeah, you know, I kind of take that for granted, um, but I realize that uh, that's not always, uh, that's not always the case. So anyway, um, we get the application, we put it out there, you know, we start getting um, start getting uh, applicants in, um, start reviewing those applications uh, pretty much right away because uh, they pile up quickly and there's nothing fun about going through a hundred applications uh, <laughs> at one time. Um, and so we go through and, and I'm looking for, again, I'm looking for the same sort of um, criteria uh, so I'm looking at, you know, skills I'm looking at, you know, their passion, how even how they're formatting their resume. You know, if someone comes to me and, and brings a resume that has spelling mistakes is like just done like really, really poorly, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to look at that resume twice. That's not a person that cares enough um, to especially be an office manager to, to be able to do that uh, very, very well. Uh, so once we get. Once we screen all of the applicants, then we do the initial interview. So I'll go and I'll talk to them. You'll find out a little bit about them, who they are, et cetera, et cetera. After that, we do a, 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 a I guess a personality survey or not a, a bit of a survey that includes a personality test. So we learn a little bit more about them, what their interests are. Uh, if they're still a good fit, then they'll do what we call a culture fit interview culture fit interviews where we're looking to see if they would fit well in our uh, fit well in our company. You know, there've been a lot of people that are really, really talented that just didn't have the right personality, it wouldn't work well, we didn't feel it would work well with our team, which was, you know, it was unfortunate, but, you know, these these things are gonna happen and I'm sure they found work over other places. And then finally we do a skills interview or a skills interview where we're actually trying to find out if they actually have the skills uh, that they talk about, we'll uh, make a make a job offer at that point, and then if they accept it, then you know they become part of the team. I love it.
0: Thank you for sharing all the details. If you're an entrepreneur, and you're listening to that. Like seriously, take some notes because you just didn't, you don't recruit the LeBron Jameses of the world haphazardly. It doesn't happen. You've got to have a combine. You've got to have a system in place Absolutely. to evaluate the the type of Person they're going to be right. They, somebody can have all the talents in the world too, and be a horrible fit for a team. Um, you know, and and uh, they could have certain expectations or desires of your company. Maybe your company is a horrible fit for them. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of angles that should be evaluated in that process. And I appreciate you, um, you know, going through that. You've got on your website as well the featured job positions. Once you have them, a place where people can go and see that now. I brought up Converge. Um, you can go back to the recording and look at this. And they don't have that on on that version of their uh, on that company. Now, one thing is also true um, in the world of of uh, job seeking: not every entrepreneur, not every website's proposing the idea that they're hiring, but it doesn't mean they're not hiring either, right? That's uh, I, I well I learned from a car dealer a long time ago as a mentor of mine. He said, car dealers that are successful. Never have we're hiring signs, um, mm-hmm. you know, for their sales positions. In order to get on a team at an advanced car dealership, you walk in the door, you let them know how amazing you are at selling by showing that in the way you present yourself, and you earn your spot on the team. You have absolutely no fear to talk to somebody and and earn your spot. Well, that's true for a lot of opportunities in life. It's not necessarily um possible for elon musk to find another elon musk right it's it's not necessarily something where you're like oh you know what my name is jeff bezos i'm gonna go see if i can find another jeff bezos you know who work alongside me No, you know those those relationships happen much more naturally and organically so as you know you climb the executive ladder and move towards the more important job roles uh they may not be doing their hiring process the way that, that Rick talked to us about and you may have an awesome opportunity there. But again, make sure you know your red flags as well about what's good um, about the company, what things are signs that the company might not work out too well. Uh, do your research, do your homework, look on Google and find articles that say like the seven tips, you know, seven things to watch out for, you know, when you're interviewing for a job, there's so many resources at our fingertips if we're willing to look for those resources or reach out to Rick. Um, you know, and, and give him a call or reach out to him on LinkedIn or Facebook or somewhere else and see if he's willing to mentor you through the process. And you'll often be pleasantly surprised how available people are willing to be when you come forward with a genuine question, Um, you know, and you're authentic about what your desire is. Let's see. Cynthia says, hey, Rick, it's a pleasure. What message would you give to the new entrepreneurs who take the path of betting on their vision? I like this. Let's shift gears fully. So, You got new entrepreneurs out there, maybe people who've been in it five, 10 years and still, uh, you know, still trying to figure out how to get that that light on a hilltop, so to speak, um, how to get their victory and and help the world see their value. What do you got, Rick? What 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 message? What advice would you give
1: them? Um, You know, hey, hey, Cynthia, thanks for the question. Um, I know for me, you know, my vision is, is really what sustains me, you know, because the, the path that we take, the journey that we take, is it's not a short sprint. It's not something where, you know, we'll do what we do for, you know, six months, a year, whatever, and then suddenly, you know, we're there. You know, chasing a vision sometimes is like chasing a horizon. You know, and it, it's, it's always got to stay in front of you. It's always got to be that thing that's going to reground you. You know, I I look at, um, you know, those tough times that we have to go to, you know, it's like, sometimes you just really, really want to quit. Sometimes you just really want to lay down and say, you know, this isn't worth it. But if your vision is strong enough, your vision is powerful enough, if your vision is something that is going to fulfill you, if your vision is something that if you don't do, you're going to look back and regret, you know, you've got something to work for um and i would i would always always encourage you to keep that vision in front of you when everything is bad look up say okay this is my vision this is where we're going let me just focus on this for now you know we'll take one step at a time and then eventually we'll get there and that's uh, how I've done what I've done for eighteen years because you know I've been through you know economic downturns. I've been through employees quitting everything. <laughs> I've been through, I've been through a lot, but uh, you know knowing where I'm going has always uh, enabled me to um, you know refocus and and continue on the path.
0: dude, I love your advice. Uh, on, on both sides of that angle, I'm gonna flip both sides of the coin. The first one, you know, if, if you don't feel like you're gonna regret it if you quit, you know, if you're like, ah, I can give this up at any time, don't do it. <laughs> like,
1: oh, don't that. do it. <laughs> Watch
0: out. Oh, um, you know, you're you're in for a very tough battle. Uh, on the flip side, if you're gonna regret it, why why do you want to live with that? You know, go for it. You know, give give your heart and soul to that. Stand, uh, you know, inside the fire, so to speak. Thank you, Garth Brooks. Um, you know, it's super important, and then. Jaime says here, um, he brings up a good note, Um, you know, hey guys, what are your thoughts on using DISC assessment as part of the qualification process for candidates? We don't have too much time, so I'm going to ramble my side of this. There's so many important assessments out there. There's great assessments from StrengthsFinder 2.0 to DISC to um, Myers-Briggs to the Passions Pro assessment, which is what I use, um, you know, and I built it. So I have a certain partial bias towards using that. Um, and then I've modeled certain funnels, um, you know, people who are hiring and I've been through their hiring process or I've studied, I've been like, I want my hiring process to look like that company because I want my people to act like people at that company. Um, and there's not just one, there's many that I've gone through and seen, all right, how are they doing their hiring? What types of questions do they ask? When you see an article like, why does Elon Musk ask this question to every candidate? That lasers into my brain, you know, and I'm like, okay. I need to learn this question, I need to learn why he asks it, and uh, you learn some cool truths. Rick, do you have any specific assessments that you you abide by um, in addition to your process or that are part of that? Or is your process, you know, ultimately what helps you assess?
1: You know, we, we actually go back to that, um, we use, we use uh, what is it called, um, we use Myers-Briggs, actually. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we use it is because it's something that I will use when I'm communicating with, you know, communicating with my team. I'm like, oh, this person is this. And I have to communicate a certain way. So the personality test yeah. that you use has to be something that's going to connect with you, regardless of what it is that you're going to use. Don't just make it a tool or don't just, you know, use it for the sake of using it, but you know, right. use it that's- as a tool to lead your team.
0: And I've seen most entrepreneurs not practice the diligence with it to make that happen. And that is the, the the sad thing is like, if you're going to implement the quiz or the assessment, just implement the assessment, you know, you're not really going to get a lot out of it. The person will, the person who takes it will, um, which is great. So it's great. like StrengthsFinder 2.0. We aren't actually using StrengthsFinder 2.0 as a company yet. We will get there where we put it into our package. But one of the other realities there, Jaime, and other executive leaders out there is that You can also utilize it and it gives you superpowers. You may not know how to utilize, right? Right. Then you end up manipulating the the relationship because you don't, you're using the tactics that are associated with it. That's why Myers-Briggs, DISC and StrengthsFinder and other platforms, they usually have certified coaches that distribute and deliver those on your behalf. So you don't accidentally try to read into what it is you haven't fully learned about. You're not an expert on it. So just because I learned somebody has a flight personality doesn't make me the automatic magic wizard of talking to people who are flight oriented. Um, There's, excuse me. um, There are uh, very important realities about that that expand beyond most entrepreneurs capabilities as a single entity. Um, And so we've gotta be careful to have other people help us assess and help us pull what's great and what's uh, harmonious with these different assessment tools and opportunities. So Rick, we absolutely appreciate you coming on, sharing your vision. We love what you do at Epiphany for small business consulting. As a final plug on that, everybody, um, when our clients get to a certain level, the ones who are going through like our power launch process, Rick is like my foremost person to go to for all things expansion and scale. Um, he's got just incredible business consulting knowledge for companies that have, uh, remind me of the entry level mark on that, Rick, is it 500,000? 500 the 500 grand or more. Um, yeah. He does an excellent job of putting amazing proposals together for businesses and scope of works. Um, and he's got a fantastic heart. Um, he's got a huge vision for what he's putting out into the world. Rick, is there anything, and you've got a great podcast too, and off the cuff um, that I got to go on and it's an amazing podcast. I, I highly recommend following Rick on all that he's doing. Uh, Rick, where would you send people today? Um, if they wanted to get in touch with you or they wanted to learn more, where's where's the best place to connect and what's the best resource to look at?
1: Um, I guess there's two ways. I mean, you can always find me uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm probably the only Rick Meekins uh, out there, <laughs> <Definitely Woo>! Atlanta, <laughs> uh, if you go to our website, of course, uh, you can go to coffee to call coffee, coffee, and a, Con- a, Con- a Con- consult.com. Uh, and that'll take you directly to our, uh, our page. You fill out that form and you can, um, you know, you can get in touch with us that way. You can actually schedule an appointment and we can, we can get started.
0: That's awesome. Let me, let me drop that link in there real quick, post a comment bam coffee and a consult.com which translated to this website right here i'll throw it up there so you can see it and uh it's a great way to get in touch with rick rick thanks for being a superhero to me a fantastic friend and all you vision pros thanks for tuning in please let us know in the comments if there's anything that you'd like to contribute to the show uh if you'd like to be on the show we'd love to have you everybody have a fantastic week thanks jackson Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is gonna get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for uh, for giving us your time and attention. And have